Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. We're going formal. Michael, first of all, well done by the crew here. I was not necessarily anticipating getting my voice heard by the voice of God saying my actual name. You're right. Jim Rome off today. When I say it's a thrill, it's an honor. I actually really mean it. This is one of the cooler phone calls that I've gotten when I was asked to do this show. But we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance yours, Rocket Mortgage can help you get there. For home loan solutions that fit your life, Rocket can. All right, so it's a little hit or miss, right? You get the the phone calls. They come in on everyone's cell phone. You think it's a car warranty. You think it's uh, student loans that need to pay paid off. Maybe it's a phone call about your mortgage. By the way, I'm a renter, so I don't really know how any of that stuff really goes down. I actually rolled the dice. I see this unidentified number that actually is ringing, and I said, all right, you know what? I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go pick it up. I pick it up, and one of the first questions is, hey, uh, Jim Rome might be taking a couple days off, which I know he does, which he's entitled to. You want to fill in. The answer, yes, can't come faster out of my mouth. It's kind of like, hey, is your TV too big? No, no. Do you make enough money? No. I mean, those are like obvious questions where the answer is it's pretty straightforward. Uh, Fill in for Jim Rome? Yeah, I'm in. Now, I was given the heads up that, I get it. The, the community, the clones, they, they might come at you a little bit. It's all good. I expect to hear from you guys. At Mike underscore Yam, I'm sure you will tell me if I suck or not. And like I said, I will do my best to have a take and not suck. But we'll get to some of those tweets coming up a little bit uh, later in the show. I mentioned it being a thrill. It really is. I, I mean, I've been watching Jim for, for years and years and years. I got my 41st birthday that's coming up in just a couple days. So if you would have told College Mike like 20 years ago, Hey, you might get an opportunity to fill in for Jim. I'd be like, what? What are you talking about? Is that like that's not gonna happen for me? And sure enough, it took about 20 years for me to get there, but here it is. I'm in a pretty cool studio and I get to fill in for an absolute legend. And some of you guys might be like, who the hell are you? I get it. I'm an only child. I call home and my mom's like, who is this? So I, I understand it. Um, look, I, I've been doing sports. I've been doing sports talk radio for for a long period of time uh, over on Sirius XM, obviously one of our partners here for the Jim Rome Show, uh, but started at NBA TV, worked at ESPN for a bunch of years, Pac-12 Network for, God, almost 10 years covering the league out on the West Coast. And last couple of years, been fortunate enough to be at NFL Network which is really good timing because I got a couple of my friends that are going to be stopping by the show uh, to talk about a significant moment last night that might actually be one of those things where we're changing how we view the game. We're changing protocols that might actually happen. This is a really significant moment that I think a lot of fans have been calling for, players have been calling for, uh, and we're going to dive totally deep into all this stuff. Brian Baldinger, one of my good buds, is going to be joining us in about 20 minutes' time. Rick Neuheisel, also familiar face on CBS Sports Network. He's also going to be uh, coming up in this hour. One other thing, and look, I, I was anticipating doing this show. I'm obviously thinking about things that we could talk about on a Friday. I knew TNF would come up, but I'd be remiss if I didn't really start the show um, with just a, hey, we're thinking about you, sending good vibes your way. Hurricane Ian, I think we all, in between watching sports, are focused in on news coverage. We see the pictures. We see the sights. We see the videos of people struggling, losing their homes, dealing with things that really no one should deal with. And I think a lot of times we say, oh, that doesn't happen here. And look, I'm in Southern California. I'm, I'm in the studios. This is, where, this is where I live now. 
you know, you always say, oh, it's it's a different part of the country. No, it's 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 still all of us, right? I mean, I'm from the Northeast originally. Uh, Sandy years ago, kind of ravaging the Northeast. We hear about the hurricanes that are always sort of decimating, uh, you know, islands in the Caribbean. We know it floats through the Carolinas sometimes and, and certainly the state of Florida. But I'd be remiss once again if I did not say good vibes to the people down in the state of Florida dealing with things that no one should ever have to deal with. So uh, if we can be a little bit of a, a mental rescue. And look, you, look if you're down in Florida, you, you might not even be listening to the show. You might have power to go and watch us on CBS Sports Network. I get all of that. But we all know people, friends, family members that are probably dealing with stuff like this. So uh, thoughts and prayers certainly going out to the folks down in the state of Florida that are dealing with Hurricane uh, Ian. Now, I thought I was going to start today's show talking about the Cincinnati Bengals and their uniforms. I'm not even a uniform guy. It's like, I get it. Like, I like the matte finish on helmets. Like, that usually grabs my attention. The white unis, the white out down in Cincinnati. I'm like, oh, this is really cool. This is really cool. Then the game starts going on. And I start thinking, oh, you know, Joe Burrow got a little bit of time. Got some protection up front. Maybe he won't be sitting on his back most of this game like he has through the first couple weeks of the NFL season. Then the second quarter rolls around. And we have a moment in a game that I think we will be discussing not only on today's show, not only next week, not only the rest of the NFL season, but I think this is going to be one of those moments where I think five years from now, when you see guys get knocked out of a game, we're going to reference what happened to Tua. Let's take a listen to what it actually sounded like last night. And now the second wave of rushers get to him. Tua is sacked back in Miami territory. And Tua is down on the play. It's a loss of 11. Josh Tupo gets to the quarterback. Yeah, I think his finger might be dislocated. I'm looking at it, and it does not look good. And, I, and it's on his left throwing, which is left hand, which is his throwing hand. And Tupo came in, slams yep. Tua down, and his finger does not look good. Westwood one, you heard the call there. We're talking about a finger, right? I we've all seen the replay what like six hundred times uh, at this point. I mean, hell, during the broadcast on on Amazon, you just you kept seeing it over and over again. And I'd be lying if I said that's not the first thing I thought of. I was like, damn, the finger position, like that's that's weird to me. And then I think back to the previous game for Tua, and. Look, if I be honest with you guys, I think everyone we're watching that game against the Bills, you say, oh, concussion, right? And then they say, hey, it's a back. And I think to myself, okay, I've, I mean, hell, I was at the chiropractor yesterday. All right? I got back issues. I know what the spasms are like, not certainly to the level of an NFL player and what they're dealing with. But, you know, there's times where, and if you have back issues, you like tense up. And I thought it was one of those moments where two is down and I'm looking and I see those fingers sort of like, look stuck and I'm like oh he's feeling so much pain that he's like kind of just gripping and then I'm I'm looking and I'm like that's an extended grip like that's that's weird and I don't really understand what's going on look I had a semester pre-med when I was at Fordham that obviously didn't last long there's a reason why I'm doing this right now by the way my job cooler than than what it could have been I'm not a doctor that one semester of getting my butt kicked in chemistry that's like not enough to be you know Dr. Yam, right, out on, out, as I'm watching. I, I'm probably Googling just like everyone else on WebMD, the whole thing, trying to figure this out. Then I'm on, on social media and I'm seeing people tweeting about 
about like you know using terms that I, quite honestly I hadn't heard before. Um, you know, one someone had tweeted posturing. I'm like, all right, posturing for like a concussion sense. So I'm like, all right, let me Google this real quick because then I hear uh, Al Michaels come out and say neurological response to head trauma. Uh, that ain't good. That's 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 like the last thing that you want to hear. So I, I look up posturing. Let me just pull up the tab here because I'm thinking to myself, boy, like that is that's scary. Abnormal posturing is a common outcome of severe brain injury. First, it refers to involuntary and abnormal positioning of the body due to preserved motor reflexes. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, now, once again, it's hard for me to sit there and go, "That's what it, that's what he's dealing with," right? I don't, I don't know, but it kind of fits what I'm seeing. And then all of a sudden you're, you see the cart come out and you go, oh, this is really serious. This is, this is not good. This is a guy that, that probably needs some help. And it's hard not to think about what we witnessed, you know, what a, a week and not even uh, less than a week ago in that matchup against the Bills where he's, he's wobbly and he comes out back onto the football field 30 minutes after, you know, he gets released from concussion protocol. The evaluation actually goes and, and, and happens there. Then you start thinking, all right, you know, I mentioned this before, my day job, NFL Network, right? We, we have uh, meetings, we're told about changes to rules, concussion protocols, getting a better understanding. So I, I whip out some of my notes from, from some of those meetings, and, and I'll go through the protocols for everyone because I do think it's important to, to notice some of this stuff. And there's a word that's there, and this also explains why maybe I wasn't always the greatest student, uh, fencing. When a person experiences an impact that's strong enough to cause traumatic brain injury, such as a concussion, their arms often go into an unnatural position. Ding, 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 ding. Sitting there, and I'm like, the fingers, the way they were when he was lying on the ground, on the football field, that, that looked pretty damn unnatural to me. So I'm thinking, all right, we're, we're checking these boxes here. We're going down the list of things that, that could be wrong. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm sitting there watching this broadcast, and I get it. It's a game. It's football. Two is not the first. He's not the last guy that has been carted off of a field, had a significant injury, had that stinger, had to deal with things that are, you know, physical injuries. The game is is physical. The game is violent. We all know that. We watch every Sunday. We watch on Thursdays. We watch on Mondays. Hey, now, are you craving some protein after a good workout? Of course. Can I tell you, I'm starving after every workout. So this time, do not make a shake or eat a bar. Grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper instead. Wild Trapper, because Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and it's tender. And it's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. And Old Trapper is a family-owned business that takes smoked beef extremely seriously. And you can taste it in every single bite. I mean, who wants dried out, rough beef in a bag? Nobody. It's like eating a shoe. Old Trapper, though, is the real deal, and it comes in four amazing flavors. Old Fashioned is sweetened with a touch of brown sugar goodness. Teriyaki, peppered, and hot and spicy for those who like to take things up a notch. So next time you want a great protein and energy snack that you can have anytime, anywhere, grab some Old Trapper beef jerky. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. That way you can see exactly what you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, clones, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what is your beef? Friggin' awesome game. Last thing you want to do, though, is see a guy out 
laying down on the football field, hurt and banged up, and see a stretcher come out, be carted off. But I'm sitting there going, all right, I get it. Bridgewater's going to come back into the game or come into the game as his backup. He's got to go and play. We'll talk about the Teddy aspects in a couple minutes because I, I got some – that's got to be weird for a dude who spends that much time with starting quarterback in a quarterback room, the amount of hours those dudes are spending together, and you just see one of your boys – get carted off the field and now you got to go and and do your job like that's not easy there's also the human side of it uh if you're a robot you might say well dude he's a football player they get paid get out there yeah yeah that's 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 not me have a little bit of a heart no the point is though i'm sitting there watching the game going what's the update like give me some sort of information and i get it it can't come fast enough i think the thing that's sometimes frustrating is we got everyone who all of a sudden has got a medical degree tweeting, posting, trying to come up with, hey, this is what's happening right now. Uh, I, I don't, man, I got Google too. I go on WebMD. I'm not trying to be like the hypochondriac. There are times where I swear, I mean, I can come up with, you know, I, I mentioned the chiropractor. Like I thought like I was going to lose a knee. I had so much knee pain a couple of weeks ago and I'm freaking out and I go online and I start Googling this stuff. I'm like, I have that. I have that. No, no, it's, it's all good. X-rays came back negative for me. So it's, it's fine. My point is we're not doctors, right? And for everyone who keeps pointing at, well, look what happened against the bills and you saw him wobbly. Like, I think I know what happened when I saw it real time. I think we all think we know what happened. The issue is there is an investigation that's going on right now because the Players Association obviously has some doubts. Tua comes out, what, 30 minutes after he gets taken off the field and he's wobbly in that, in that Buffalo game. And they say, hey, it's a back injury. Tua comes out, he's asked how you feel. Oh, back injury, back injury, not concussion. So yeah, I, I, there's some concern that's there. NFLPA says there's an investigation because they're putting into question how some of those protocols went down. Last night, they tweeted, player health and safety is at the core of the union's mission. Our concern tonight is for Tua, and we hope for a full and speedy recovery. Our investigation into the potential protocol violation is ongoing. So the update there is, hey, we're about week, two weeks away from any sort of conclusion. I would imagine because of what happened last night and what transpired on the football field, we're, we're probably going to get some answers sooner rather than later. And yeah, there's a microscope and now the spotlight that is shining in on this investigation because we want to know answers. I have no idea. I can't stress this point enough. And I don't think anyone knows unless you are one of the physicians that, that actually was a part of those protocols that evaluated Tua. I don't know if they're related. I really don't. If if the doctors are saying, hey, it's it's a back, they do the investigation, they say it's a back. What, what, I, I didn't evaluate him. I didn't assess for speech. I didn't look at his eye movement. I didn't look at motor skills. I do know that he went back out onto the football field he played. Now, that's not a reason to say like there wasn't an issue. You know, Back in the day, I remember watching the NFL games with my grandfather. You'd see a dude get knocked out man you got the smell and salts he's back out there it's just kind of what it is that's not how that's not how things go anymore there's a lot of protocol I want to get into some of the protocol uh and what the nfl is actually looking for and more specifically and let me rephrase here because i just said the nfl and what they're looking for there's protocol that's agreed upon league players association they put it together 
Uh, it's not team doctors that are out there. There are unaffiliated neurotrauma consultants. They're called UNCs that are there at every single game. You got spotters that are looking and, and watching player movement, what's happening out on the football field. There's a lot to dissect here when it comes to some of these protocols. What I do know is, and I just, I'm just i calling out people for, for using Google. I had to do that this morning because I'm sitting here going, all right, I get one concussion. I've never, at least as far as I know, I've, I haven't had a concussion before. But if you get the first one, is it easier to get the second one? Right, We're all thinking that. So I, I do the search. I'm looking, and I'm big on sourcing people just in case. But Revere Health, I see this, and it says, research shows that someone who has already received one concussion is one to two times more likely to receive a second. Ooh. If that individual has had two concussions, a third is two to four times more likely. And if they've had three concussions, they're three to nine times more likely to receive their fourth concussion. That is not good. So maybe it was a concussion the other day. Team saying no. It's back injury. Tua's been playing football his entire life. I've seen him get hit pretty hard when he was down at Alabama. So I've got kind of a personal question for you fellas. Do you feel like you're antiperspirant? Keeps you dry all day. Dove Men Plus Care Dry Spray has an instantly drying antiperspirant formula that can help give you a cleaner feel and offers 48-hour sweat and odor protection. Big number, right? 48 hours. Dove Men Dry Spray feels light and clean on your skin, and it's quick, and it's easy to use, especially when you're on the move. On top of that, Dove Men Dry Spray contains Dove's unique one-quarter moisturizing cream that helps to protect your skin. Thus, it leaves your skin feeling comfortable and it helps to protect your skin. What I'm saying to you is this is a great product that does a lot of things really well. So make sure you try Dove Men Dry Spray. Goes on dry, clean feel, all day. Spent a lot of time talking a little bit about the concussion from last night with Tua. Uh, by the way, an update here. Cameron Wolf. Let me just pull this up because I don't want to misquote uh, Cameron from NFL Network actually covers this Dolphins squad tweeting uh, a little bit earlier this morning. Uh, Tua returned to the stadium last night, flew back with his team to South Florida. He wore a precautionary neck brace, smiling, walking, and talking. Positive results from the x-ray last night. MRI still to come, according to a source. His parents were with him at the hospital and the stadium. Once again, that's from Cameron Wolf from NFL Network. So positive signs that are there. You know, I, I mentioned this before about protocols and, like, what actually happens. I, I do think it's it's important to hear and understand some of the things that are supposed to go and take place with the protocol. A, and I got a little bit of a checklist here from some of my notes on some of the uh, conference calls that I have to, to sit in over the last few months or so. But just to kind of run this down for you, number one, players got to exhibit some symptoms, right? So uh, things in terms of speech, eye movement, um, physically unable to, to really move, motor skills are dramatically altered. There's going to be moments on the football field that happen. Guys take big hits. How do they respond? you got actual spotters. It's one of those other things, part of the protocol. Spotters who are actually at the game, at inside those stadiums, who are monitoring the players themselves. They see the impact. They got the ability here to, to call a timeout. Players got to be removed from the game. If there's any uncertainty not exactly sure what to do, what actually transpired. Players got to be removed from that game, and then he gets evaluated. Should be noted. It's not just some of those spotters, right? You got trainers. You got coaches. You got teammates. 
Chappelle officials, they all, all of those groups, essentially pretty much if you're at the game and you're a part of what we're witnessing, you got an opportunity to essentially stop, stop the game and say, you know what? Hey, this dude needs to get evaluated. And then, of course, you got the unaffiliated neurotrauma consultants, those UNCs that are at the game. I think it's really important to highlight that too, unaffiliated, not working for the team. So in this case, because we're talking about Tua, not working for the Dolphins, not team physicians that are out there. It's not just team trainers. These are unaffiliated with the actual teams, physicians who understand head trauma, understand how to evaluate. They're the ones who do the evaluation and also have the power to pull a player out of a game. In terms of the evaluation process itself, six-step evaluation process by that team physician, or excuse me, um, oh, the team physician does take part in that process, but it is the UNC who determines if the player can go back or not. A lot of different factors that are out there. Some of the ones from my notes, um, eye movement, motion, pain, how their speech is. Those are just a few of the things that those physicians are actually looking for. And here's where it gets a little dicey. Here's where it gets to what we saw last night with the fingers sort of locking up, this idea of fencing. Now, if you hadn't heard the term fencing and you thought it was just two dudes with swords and it was an Olympic sport, like there's, there's this other aspect of it when it comes to brain trauma and concussions. Fencing is when a person experiences an impact that's strong enough to cause traumatic brain injury, such as a concussion, their arms often go into an unnatural position. So once again, we're all sitting there watching the game, to his arms are bent, and they're they're kind of like right in front of his face, you see those fingers and they're locked up. And you're thinking like, what is going on right now? And it starts taking you back to like uh, Mason Rudolph. Remember that moment? Was that two years ago, three years ago? It was three years ago. You, you see moments like that on the football field. You don't want to see any of those moments moving forward. But I'd, I'd said this before. Uh, moment for real change. Are we going to be looking back? And I think we are. Are we going to be looking back at what transpired last night? Because that was, was pretty damn aggressive. You know, Here's the other thing. As we're watching it real time, you know what struck me is, is I want to say unique? Amazon rolled the replay a lot of times in slow motion. And I actually don't think it did it justice because when I saw one of the replays in slow motion, you know, Tua goes down and he does hit his head, right? Like he's wearing that helmet and he goes down. But let's be real here. We've all seen hits that looked worse than what we trend, that what we saw on the football field. And I think that's an important distinction here. It doesn't matter how it looks. The end result could be dramatically different. What I found really fascinating was not just how the replay looked, but if you watched the replay in real speed, game speed, real live speed, he gets whipped around. I mean, hell, I'm watching it on one of our monitors right now. He gets whipped around, and it's, I think, the whipping motion before he actually hits the ground, I think that served as a little bit of a catalyst. Now, here it is. I'm calling out you know, social media doctors, and I'm sitting here going, hey, this is what I saw out on the football field, and this is where I think it happened. The truth is, none of us really know. Hell, I think some of the UNC, some of the doctors who are doing those evaluations, they don't know. Is it the actual impact? Was it that whipping motion that led to, to that moment? How much was Sunday against the Bills a little bit of a factor here? And I don't, I don't want to sound like an apologist, right? But I do know that there is this concerted effort effort to to talk about player safety, to put in some of those protocols. And I think for anyone 
You know, change is difficult. This should be easy change. And I think it was easy to agree on a lot of these aspects of concussion protocols because we've been football fans our entire life. And I know that there's probably a younger generation that might not totally remember some of this stuff. But, you know, if you're of a certain age, you're in your mid-30s or older, you remember watching football games where dudes just getting absolutely obliterated on the football field, knowing like, yo, that dude's got a concussion. And guess what? Two plays later, he's out there. Like, we all saw that happening. Those conversations didn't really exist. Should they have? Yeah. Did enough people know about some of the stuff that was happening? Probably not. Probably not. You know, the game's over. And I think not only were we waiting for an update, and we got the update. Tua going to the hospital, Trauma One Center, Cincinnati, able to fly home. That's a win. You got to assume people were going to respond to it. Head coach Mike McDaniel, he did. Yeah, otherwise we would have reported him having a head injury. I mean, that's that's why the NFL has these protocols. Um, and there's not, like every single NFL game that is played, um, there's an independent specialist that specializes in the specialty of brain matter. So, um, yeah, the, um, for me, as long as I'm coaching here, um, if there's any, uh, you know, I'm not going to fudge that whole that whole situation. If there's um, any any sort of inclination that someone has a concussion, they go into the concussion protocol and it's very strict without without. Um, yeah, if people don't vary or stray, we, I, we don't mess with that, never have. And I, as long as I'm the head coach, that will never be um, an issue that you guys have to worry about. Mike McDaniel, when the game is done, he's – look, <laughs> I actually think the Dolphins, side note here, have a tremendous social media team. They do a great job with their videos. They have portrayed Mike McDaniel as a guy that's able to connect with his players. I've worked and work with enough people who say that that actually is reality. Likeable guy, charismatic guy, players gravitate towards him. There's a win. That's why I think in the short term they're having some success on top of him being just a really creative offensive mind. We saw it with the San Francisco 49ers. We'll talk more about that later here on the Jim Rome Show. But, you know, he's saying the right things. Do I think... You're playing with house money right now if you are the Miami Dolphins. If you're Mike McDaniel, you sit there and you go, all right, we have had a good start to the season. We're 3-0 and right now. You just win a game that was not for nothing, kind of put you on the map. How many people thought the Buffalo Bills were going to lose to the Miami Dolphins? I would imagine most of us. The Bills right now are a team. One of the few teams, and off the top of my head, I have to probably give this a little bit more thought. I don't know if there's another team in the NFL that can argue they are the best on the offensive side and the best on the defensive side. I don't know if there's a more complete team than the Bills. They go down to Miami and they lose that game. Dude, you're 3-0 and at that point. Now, Tua comes back. Say what you want. We'll find out about the investigation. Did he have a concussion? Was it the back like we were told? Was it the back like Tua has said? We'll find out. Players Association, NFLPA is like, no, no, no. We, we have some doubts here. Let's do the investigation. We'll get those results in a week, two weeks. Fine. I think Mike McDaniel's sitting there going, you know what? Do I really want to you know, chance this in a road game that feels unique? I mean, Cincinnati right now, trying to get back to 500. I, I don't think it's the worst thing. If you had any doubts, if Mike McDaniel had any doubts, maybe I'm just the most naive person 
um, which could be the case. And I'm sure you guys will tell me if that is the case. I'm already seeing some of these tweets coming in. Garrett sent me a list here at Mike underscore EM. You guys are funny. We'll get to some of that stuff. Maybe I am really naive. But something tells me that if Mike McDaniel thought there was an issue with Tua, not playing him against Cincinnati. Now, he can only go off the information that he has. And and maybe maybe he just trusts the physicians. Maybe the the UNCs trust what those guys have to go and say. It's a tough deal, man. Because if it is just the back, I don't I'm not gonna crush Mike McDaniel for playing him. Now, if there's some secret stuff going on, and I'm not suggesting there is, but there is an investigation. If there is some stuff that Mike knew about, I'm sure we'll we'll hear about it. I'm sure there'll be punishment. I don't think that that's the case, though. I think we got a lot of conspiracy theorists that are out there that'll say, Mike McDaniel knew. How do you go and play him? No, man. Like, that's just, I don't, I think Mike's sitting there going, you know what? We got a capable back in Teddy Bridgewater, who's had success at the NFL level, who, by the way, played well. I know the pick. Some tough circumstances for him. Uh, nonetheless, this topic not going. Hey, small business owners, listen up. You may have overpaid on your payroll taxes during COVID. Now, for years, big businesses have benefited from government tax credits. Now it is your turn to reap the benefits. If you employed five to 500 employees and you paid payroll taxes during COVID, you may be eligible for an employee tax credit refund of up to $26,000 per employee. To find out if you do qualify, call Omega Accounting Solutions right now trusted advisors and champions for america's small businesses omega has a perfect turnkey erc process so much so they can tell you if you qualify for the erc in 10 minutes or less a quick and easy and painless process omega is highly rated by the better business bureau and tax experts alike Tax advisors even turn to Omega for their ERC advice. And since this exclusive tax credit will not be around forever, you want to pick up the phone and you want to chat with a seasoned advisor and you want to do it right now. It is not too late to file. Get the money the government owes you before the filing window closes or funds run out. Talk to an Omega expert right now by calling 800-704-2000 or go to Omega taxcredits.com Rome off today Mike Am with you it's time to ask the pros where you are the clones get to ask me a question brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts you can go to CBS Sports cbssportsradio.com slash ask the pros and submit your question be listening later in the show might actually get to one of those questions. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Guaranteed low prices and excellent customer service from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. All right, uh, joining us right now on the line, uh, good friend of mine, I'd like to say. I, I also like to say this. Rick and his wife, Sue, were sort of like West Coast parents to me. Rick, I don't want to age you because I don't want you to feel old because you are getting to that point. Uh, Rick Neuheisel, CBS Sports, uh, college football analyst, also a host on Full Ride over on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM 84. Rick, uh, where in the world is Rick Neuheisel right now? I am at uh, Hudson National Golf Course. Uh, of course you are. I just finished my shift for a full ride, and I'm playing a little golf here uh, on the banks of the Hudson. And uh, looking forward to yet another great college football weekend. And I'm thrilled 
that you've upgraded your name now to Michael. Right. Everybody's saying the great Michael Yam. I'm going, oh, my goodness. Is this this Air Yam? Is Air Jordan? Is is that where we're headed? No, I don't have those kicks, man. I wish I had some of that that Nike money. Uh, Rick, (laughs) I'm not shocked that you're actually on a golf course. I thought you were going to tell me you were in the state of Arizona, and you might have gotten a phone call from the brass over at ASU. I couldn't help but notice this because Herm Edwards released from his job uh, the other day, ASU obviously looking for a head football coach, and I'm not surprised, but Dennis Dodd, um, CBS Sports, floated your name as as a guy that that should be considered for the gig. You know, you're from the damn state. You've been in the Pac-12. You've coached three of the teams that are in the league, too, because UCLA is leaving. But the point is, you know the territory. So any any truth to the, to the interest here, or at least those dudes reaching out? Listen, there are going to be a lot of folks interested in that Arizona State job. I think it's a sleeping giant. Uh, I believe that, uh, you know, the Valley of the Sun, the Phoenix area is a very popular place. And the future, I think, is incredibly bright not from a recruiting standpoint and wanting to get a bunch of kids to go there. But uh, there are a lot of guys younger than I that are going to be with their hands in line. So it's okay. Now, the good news is I have been booed or fired by every school in the Pac-12 <laughs> So uh, if they're looking for somebody, I am available. Uh, by the younger people, Rick, I, I'm going to be 41 in a couple days. I expect a, a birthday gift from you or at least a phone call or a text. Uh, <laughs> you, you still, at your age, I know, have more energy than I do. So don't let the age thing be, be an issue there. I've, I've hung Fair out enough. with you enough. Fair enough. Um, hey, so Romy's away and the cat will play. I'm proud of you, buddy. Good I, for you. I, I appreciate it, man. Like I said at the top of the show, you get the phone call and they ask, are you interested in filling in for Jim? Like, the answer can't come yes fast enough out of my mouth so uh it's been fun so far i've been uh teased already on social media at mike underscore yam and some people actually still listening to the show so i will take that but i had teased you and said that you were coming on so i think the majority of the uh the listeners just wanted to hear what you had to say about a little college football weekend which i'll get to in a second here rick because you played the position you have nfl experience you were with the the ravens for a while i'm just curious because i know you were watching last night you see two go down what, what did you make of that situation being involved in the sport and even playing the position? He, he should never have been in the game. I felt the same way about Justin Herbert last week. Yeah. Uh, these guys are your, your, your franchises. They're important to the, to the, you know, the entire season and the money being spent on them is exorbitant. So why, when they are down and, and I know Tua said it was a back issue and he was fine and didn't need to be checked out. Everybody with eyeballs could see that when his head hit the turf against Buffalo in Miami, that there was an issue. And regardless that it cleared quickly, there's no reason to put him back out there on a, in, on a short week. Justin Herbert, I know it's ribs, but he's your franchise. And when the guy can't hardly breathe without it hurting, what is he in the game for? And I just don't understand when you have that kind of an investment and they've got that kind of, uh, you know, physical ailment, why they're in the game. And I think this is going to be a bigger deal than most people think because his going back in that game under the scrutiny of what happened last week uh, and then having the injury that happened again last night, bad for business. So what is the fastest ball sport in the world? Not baseball, not tennis. In fact, it is the sport of Hylai, spelled J-A-I-A-L-A-I, originating in the Basque region of Spain. 
and played professionally in the U.S., most notably in the 1980s. Hyla is making an unprecedented comeback. The ball reaches speeds of 150 miles per hour. The action is intense. The danger factor is high. Six-person teams of professional athletes play the sport at the Magic City Fronten in Miami, Florida. I invite you to check out all the action Monday and Tuesday at 5 p.m. and Friday night at 7 p.m. Go to HighLightWorld.com or download the free Highlight app in the App Store. The sport with its intensity and athleticism is well worth watching. Check out all the action at HighlightWorld.com. Matches are played similar to tennis with a player or team required to win two sets to win a match. Each set is played up to six points. It is a sport you need to check out. HighlightWorld.com. Monday and Tuesday at 5 p.m., Friday at 7 p.m. Yeah, couldn't agree with you more. Rick Newhouse with us here on the Jim Rome Show. Mike Amby filling in for Rome. Um, you you know the college game literally better than anyone that I know. You're kind of my go-to source on on all of this stuff. Uh, I'm used to talking about Kentucky having lottery picks and playing for national championships. Uh, Wildcats, are they the biggest surprise in college football right now? I don't know that it's a surprise because I think Will Levis came in highly touted. Uh, they had a number of guys coming back from a team that won 10 games last year. And the schedule, other than the Florida game, hasn't been anything you know of, of note. But you know the fact that they're a top 10 team and the fact that there was a little brouhaha between he and Calipari, talking Mark Stoops and Calipari, to me makes it a, a story. And now they get this game, this crossover game against Ole Miss, which I think is going to be a really interesting game. Both teams have been kind of led by their defense so far this year. Uh, it's, it's a great chance for Kentucky to break in and become the legitimate threat to Georgia in the East. Hey, um, Rick, just from your, your eyes and your assessment, you know, I, I've been seeing kind of pay attention a little bit more closely than I used to at this point of the calendar year. But just being at NFL Network now, you kind of keep tabs on draft boards and, and kind of where guys could go. Levis's name, I can't help but notice, continues to just move up a little bit. Uh, I, is there a comp for him? Do you, Are you buying like top five, top ten pick at some point? You know, the comp right now for me, and I know it's going to displease Will Levis fans, is Trubisky. Because Trubisky has all the things. There's an old Brady Bunch episode where Greg Brady is thought to be the next Johnny Bravo, right? He's going to be this rock star. And then at the end of the day, he doesn't get the job. And they ask, why did you pick me? He says, because you fit the suit. Levis and Trubisky fit the suit. They're the, they're, they look the part, 6'3", 220, run like the wind, you know, look like they can hit every pass. But at some point, you have to be able to play the game like Joe Burrow, who doesn't have the same frame at all. The, the ability to process information, make throws without necessarily knocking people down with the velocity, but the ability to uh, just play catch. Last night was a perfect example of Burrow being able to play catch. And that's what I have to see more of Levis, the ability to do that and not turn the ball over. Coach Neuheisel with us here on the Jim Rome Show. Um, you know, Rick, as, as you're sort of assessing the best teams in the country, there's something that you had said to me back in 2012. You had said wins are hard to come by. And I think people 
don't always think in those terms because hell, every time we watch a game, there's a winner and a loser. But you've been through the through a lot of those fights and the wars, building it as a head coach, but also understanding it from a player's perspective. I think there's ways you can explain sometimes teams not playing their best, but the best teams are still the ones that pick up wins. From a Georgia perspective, what we saw against Kent State, any any cause for concern? just looking at that roster? Because I saw the week one win that they had against Oregon, and they absolutely smacked and annihilated the Ducks. Now all of a sudden, Oregon looks like they're turning a corner here over these last couple of weeks. But any concern based off what we saw last week from a Georgia perspective? None. None. They're, they're, they're a real team, probably resting some guys who had been a little nicked up. You know, you get up for an Oregon game and you play like you play against the Ducks, win 49-3, to you can understand where you're not going to have the same – fever pitch when Kent State comes to town, right? So no concern. They'll play better against Missouri. Auburn comes to Athens next week. This this is a really good team. And if you look at the statistics, you're going to be blown away that they're averaging well over 300 yards passing. They're in the top five or six in the country offensively to go along with a defense that has reloaded, not rebuilt, reloaded. So the dogs are clearly the best team in the country. You mentioned uh, Auburn, by the way. I, I hate to use the phrase because what are we, like five weeks into the season right now, but that matchup against LSU, do you classify <laughs> I hate, I hate even saying it like this. Do you classify it, though, as a must-win at this point just because of Horson and, and sort of what the, the buzz and the circumstances are? Mike, had they lost that game last week? It's close. I don't know that Brian Harson makes it back to the lot, par- parking lot. I don't know that he makes it there. This was a this was an unbelievably important win. It was a miracle win, and see if they can take advantage of it against this week against LSU. Yeah, just kind of one of those odd circumstances here. Um, Rick, one other note because I know you got a uh, you got a, some golf balls to go and hit here. Um, you have ties to both of the teams that are playing tonight. Used to be the head coach at Washington. Used to be the head coach at UCLA. Your son on that staff uh, for Chip Kelly. How do you handicap the matchup? It's a great game. Yeah. Two quarterbacks that uh, are terrific. Both can extend plays. Uh, UCLA is going to lean on their running game a little bit more than Kalen DeBoer will lean on it for Washington. But uh, this is going to come down to defense. And if you think about it, Kalen DeBoer was in this spot almost a year ago to the date when he took the Fresno State team to the Rose Bowl. And that game ended up 40-37 to 37 for Fresno State with Jake Hayner having a big night. Yeah. So. Kalen DeBoer knows how to win this game. The question is, you know, is UCLA's defense good enough to stop this uh, Husky offense, which has been brilliant thus far this season? Yeah, kind of weird to talk about and Husky offense looking like this, considering some of the issues they've had over the last few years since Jonathan Smith was oh, Night there. and day. Yeah. Night and day changes. Yeah. I, is, is it as simple as just saying new coach, new quarterback? 100%. Remember, Kalen DeBoer and Penix were together in Indiana yep. when he was a freshman the only time in his career he's been over 60% as a passer, and here he is again. Yeah, Staying healthy for him is going to be also a main ingredient for Washington to continue to thrive here down the stretch, although they have some other nice pieces in, in Morris and Heward uh, in that quarterback room. Uh, Rick, always good to hear your voice, man. Always appreciate you being willing to uh, to hang with me. And I hope that next time we talk, I'm sending you maybe a congratulations message, and some of those folks down at ASU are like, yo, we got a dude who, who might be able to turn this thing around for From us. From your lips to God's ears, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> We're on it. So uh, proud of the Michael. The Michael <laughs> reference. 
<laughs> We're staying formal, and I know it'll never be formal off air with you. Uh, Coach, always appreciate it, man. Hit him straight today. Thanks, buddy. Bye-bye. We've been discussing a whole lot of Tua. That conversation not going anywhere uh, just yet. There are some actual games to talk about. In fact, one that has caught my eye in such a big way, Bills and Ravens. There is no one better than I know to dissect all of what we witnessed last night on TNF and then what's to come this weekend. I said this in the last hour. He really is one of the sharpest minds I think there is in the game. The breakdowns that he does. If you're not following Brian Baldinger on social media, whether Twitter or Instagram, you are missing out. I can't tell you how many times I will watch back one of Baldy's breakdowns. You learn something. If you're a football fan, man, you will learn something every single time. He's an analyst for NFL Network. Uh, Baldy, always good to hear your voice, man. Appreciate you giving us some time here. Yeah, Yammer. Good to be with you, buddy, man. Good to, good talking to you. It's a football Friday. Let's get to it, man. What do you got? Yeah, it is a football Friday, and I wish I could start with more football-related things. We all witnessed uh, Thursday night football and Tua going down. Big picture this for me because you played, you understand injury. Hell, every time I work with you on a set on NFL Network, every time you raise your hand, I think that yeah. is a, a a clear sign that you know what it means to get hurt. But what did you make of, of the the hit and the aftermath of Tua going down? Well, I don't know what the umpire and referee were, were looking at. I mean, Josh Tupo slammed him to the ground. I mean, we're supposed to stop those kind of plays. That's number one. Like, that should have been flagged. Um, we com- we complain when, when quarterbacks get grazed by a finger, sometimes the helmet and the flag. We do complain about that. But that, last night, I thought was excessive. Now, the reaction of Tua when he got hit, I've never seen that before. Yeah. Um, like, I didn't know what to make of it. I've never saw – the whole two hands go into spasm like that and the fingers crooked. I didn't know what to make of it. Like my initial feeling wasn't concussion, although you had to, you know, cross your mind. I just never seen a body react. Now people have told me via, you know, the internet for it or, you know, social media for whatever that's worth that they have seen that in some UFC fighting when guys have been, you know, kicked in the head and they've seen that kind of reaction. But as a player, and as an announcer now for 40 years, I've never saw two hands just go into such, you know, harsh spasm. I mean, I felt terrible for the whole thing, but I thought it should have been flagged from the very beginning. Yeah. Baldy, you can speak to the player's perspective on this. I've I've heard it different ways. I was working on a show the other day with Michael Robinson, uh, one of our buds, and he had said, hey, you know, injuries. We weren't talking about Tua. This is a couple days ago. He had said, hey, like, we kind of know what the deal is. We we sign up for it. And I don't think he meant we sign up to get hurt. We sign up for the potential for that to actually happen. Take me through the lens of a player and moments like this, whether you're the one getting hit or you see one of your teammates go down and have some of these, some of these issues that, that we're now seeing. Well, everything stops. I mean, everything stops, Mike. Uh, it doesn't, you, you're no longer playing the game. You know, the Bengals are no longer the opponent and the adversary of the Dolphins. You're all in it together because we don't want to see anybody hurt severely at all. We know it's part of the game, like Michael said. That's true. We know what we signed up for. That's true. But when it happens, and it happens in front of you, and the stretcher comes out, and you're, you're, you're saying your prayers for Tua as an opponent and as a teammate, and you're hoping for the very, very best that there's no severe damage, um, no long-term damage, because you just never know in this game. And so that's the immediate reaction is everything stops. And you no longer are playing the game. All you're thinking about is, that could be me. It's not. So let me make sure that I give him 
all the, the support and fellowship that I can in that moment. Baldy, you have you go all across the country. You talk to a ton of current players. You're at camps. You're at games. You're calling game. The whole thing. When the topic of concussions come up with current players, what are those conversations like? Do these guys feel safe? Do they feel like the protocols work and that's enough, or more needs to be done? Well, I, you know, in the case last night, I don't know what happened the week before. I mean, I saw the play. I saw the reaction to it. It didn't look like it was. It looked severe. Yep. Like usually when players get up and they wobble, um, we, we normally think at this point it's concussion, get them off the field. That's what the con- concussion protocol is all about. Now, I don't know if there's a cover-up. I don't know if it was fairly diagnosed. I don't know any of those things. I don't know if any of us know. I'm sure there's be some level of investigation. There should be. But the eye test is, Stewart was in trouble last week. Should he have been playing this week? It doesn't look like it, especially after the reaction we saw last night. So should there be more done? Well, there should be more enforced if that's what's taking place right now. And I don't know that that's to be true. But the enforcement of everything, the independent neurologist, all the things that have been put in place for these types of situations, like they're in place for a reason. Let's, let's adhere to the guidelines that have been established so that these players have a good chance of being healthy whenever they finish their careers, a better chance of being healthy than people from my era or the era before when there wasn't as much research, there wasn't as much information about head injuries as there is now. That's a good point. Brian Baldinger with us, NFL Network analyst. You can follow him on social media at Baldy NFL. Uh, Brian, I do want to get your take on what we're going to see this coming weekend because when it comes to analyzing the tape, I, I don't know anyone who watches more than you do. Uh, Bills, Ravens, Lamar, Josh Allen. Take me into the mind of a defensive player or a defensive coordinator knowing what you have to now line up on. I don't know if there's a recipe a clear recipe for success, especially from the Jackson side, because we've talked about this for such a long period of time. Can't make the downfield throws. Dude is making, he's throwing darts out there. So that narrative, I think, is completely bogus. Josh Allen, we know what he's capable of doing. How do you slow these dudes down? You try to you try to make stops. You know, like the Dolphins didn't really slow Josh Allen down last week. They had the ball for 93 snaps, but they made stops. You know, they got the ball out of his hands at the six-yard line, gave the offense good field position. They stopped him in the end zone a couple of times. You know, you have to make stops uh, when you can. Uh, you're not going to stop the quarterback. I mean, the Ravens played the Bills in the playoffs two years ago, and Lamar wasn't very good. He put up three points. Yeah. Uh, he got hurt in the game. It was not a good performance. And he's not that guy anymore. He just isn't. Uh, he's got two legitimate targets at wide receiver that he trusts. And he throws to and Devin Dignay and Rashad Bateman. Those guys were not a part of the offense in that playoff game. Mark Andrews, Isaiah Likely, the backs, J.K. Dobbins getting healthier, looked better as the game went on last week. The line played pretty good last week. I don't know what you do to either quarterback. Um, it's, it's literally a battle for MVP between the two of them on the field Sunday. I, ha- I saw Lamar two weeks ago against Miami. Mike, he had a perfect quarterback rating in the first half. And he started the third quarter by making the longest run of his career, 79 yards for a touchdown. The Dolphins, you know, made that miraculous comeback, scoring the four touchdowns in the fourth quarter and coming back. But it wasn't because Lamar, you know, fell off. He was just as good all game long 
so really, it's, it, it just comes down to who can make a stop at a key point in the game right now. I don't know what the over and under is on this, Mike, but I got to believe that there's not enough points in that in that department right now. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on that front. Uh, Brian Baldinger with us here on the Jim Rome Show. Uh, Baldy, concerns for the Chargers right now. Bosa, Slater, both those dudes on IR, ribs for uh, Justin Herbert, issues running the football that are massive right now. I I actually felt like if there was going to be one team in that division that was really going to challenge the Chiefs, I would have pointed to to this squad. I, I don't know if I can anymore. I don't know either. I mean, because, you know, injuries happen, but when they happen to a premier left tackle and a premier pass rushing defense end, you pay those people a lot of money. You draft those people really high in the draft for a reason, protecting the blind side of your quarterback. I mean, the thing about Rashawn Slater, Mike, is you never, ever heard his name mentioned in the game, yeah. which is the ultimate compliment to a left tackle. It means he, he didn't get beat. He wasn't guilty of holding. Uh, he was just doing his job out there. So generally those guys, he never got talked about. But he was flawless in his technique. And, you know, Bosa and Mack, I mean, week one, it, it looked like it was going to be just difficult for any opponent. And just to go down last week early in that game with, uh, you know, with the sports hernia injury, um, it's devastating. And J.C. Jackson really hasn't made much of an impact so far. I mean, you talk about left tackle, pass rusher, and, you know, elite corner. I mean, those are three players that you just – it's not like just the next man up. Yeah, Storm Norton can go out there left tackle, but he's not Rashawn Slater. You know, you could put Chris you know, uh, Rump in there at defensive end, but he's not Joey Boza. You know, you can fill those shoes, but you're not getting the elite players – or the play, guys that can make elite plays in a game to change the game. You're not getting that. And so there's, you know, they have to overcome a lot right now. It's not to say that they can't. You know, anybody underestimates the other guys that step in, and that's, that's not pro football. But it's hard to imagine that they can play at the highest level minus at least those two guys right now. Baldy, before the season started, you and I were doing a show together, and I, I can't help but think about one statement that you had said with regard to this team and how it how has played out. You had said Philadelphia to really be the premier team in that division. Just one question. Jalen Hurts, can he elevate his play? Can he can he be that guy? I I think the answer is resounding yes through these first couple weeks of the season. You you said, hey, it's Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson competing for MVP honors. I think Jalen's in that conversation. I still think it's Lamar right now. But from a Philly perspective, is it as simple as, yeah, they got A.J. Brown and all of a sudden these these dudes are rolling? Like, How do you explain the offense looking the way that it does? Well, he's been uh, pretty, pretty peerless right now, yeah. uh, playing at a very, very high level. He expects that. He's been well coached. But last week against Washington, I mean, he threw the ball up. He, he threw the ball over 20 yards down the field eight different times, and he either got defensive pass interference or they had big plays. So, A.J. Brown, we thought, could do it, but Devontae Smith did it last week. Quez Watkins did it. Dallas Goddard did it. He's got four guys that can just go up and get it, and he trusts those guys to do it. And, oh, by the way, he's protected as well as any quarterback in this league right now. The line is playing great. Yeah. They're healthy. They're playing at a very high level. They protect them very well. If he wants to take off, it's his own doing, but he's not really looking to run. He did against Detroit week one because he was forced to on a couple of occasions, but he has that ability to take off. But right now he's content to make the throws that are there. I think they'll get a better test against Jacksonville. they got a better defensive line, better pass rush with, with Walker and with Josh Allen, you know, with some guys there. 
He'll get a better test this weekend. But you got to – I think you have to wait until – you know, I, I watch Tampa's defense. I watch San Francisco's defense. I watch Green Bay's defense, Dallas's defense. I mean, there's some defenses out there that can really challenge a quarterback. And we got to see if Jacksonville can be that team and what Jalen looks like when he's really challenged right now. But I don't really feel like Minnesota did that much to him. Detroit, Detroit really has their issues on defense. And Washington certainly didn't do that last week. Baldy, I, I got to ask you one more just about another team because it's been looming. And when I was watching them over the weekend, I'm sitting there going, you know what? It's all good because Mike Evans is not out there. Chris Godwin's not out there. Julio Jones is not out there. Give this team a couple weeks, and I'm going to say, hey, this is this is a bad memory. Then I'm hanging out at NFL Network, and I'm talking to guys like you, guys who played, guys who coached. And I don't know if it's as simple as that. And I think some of you guys have highlighted some of the real deficiencies on this team. What's your level of concern for Tom Brady and the Bucks? I'm not as high as what you just described. I mean, I think if Mike Evans was on the field last week, they would have beaten a really good Green Bay team. I mean, look, his first pass of the game last week was to Cole Beasley. Yeah. They picked him up at the bus stop on Wednesday. Yeah, he was hanging out I at mean, home. The first pass of the game is to Cole Beasley. Uh, the final drive where Brady takes him all the way down the field, he threw to one guy. He threw to Russell Gage. He trusts him. He's going to throw it to the guys that he trusts right now. It's not going to be Jalen Darden. It's not going to be Scotty uh, Miller. Like, he's going to throw to the guys that he trusts. And they're going to get Donovan Smith back. It's not going to be Brandon Walton at left tackle. And, and nothing against Brandon. I mean, but he never started the game yeah. until last week, going up against Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith. But Tom Brady was absolutely perfect on the final drive when he had to be. Um, I, that defense is, can play as good as anybody in this league. Yeah. So I don't have the highest concern. They, they lost a tough game at home. There's no doubt about it. But Evans, Godwin, or Julio, they're all going to be back at some point. Uh, they make a difference, a big difference. And so Leonard Fournette, I don't think he's ever played better than he's playing right now. And they're, they're, those young guys inside are getting better. You know, So I don't have the highest concern. I, you know, it's a long season. I think they're going to end up putting this together. And I think Brady uh, showed you on that final drive what he's capable of doing when he has to do it. Baldy, you are the best man. I know you're traveling, so I do appreciate you making some time and hanging out with us uh, today. So safe travels. Enjoy the games this week, and hopefully I'll see you in person uh, over the next couple. All the, all the best, Mike. You bet. Anytime, Mike. Talk uh -huh. to you soon, buddy. Good night now!